Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guest by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Welcome, welcome to you. This is Marnie Swedberg. So excited to have you with us this afternoon for another episode of Marnie's Friends. Today we're doing some author training with Suzanne Ayler. And uh, the topic is reaching beyond a saturated market. And for all of you who are authors out there, you know exactly what that means. During the next hour, you're going to discover one way authors often limit their reach, how to understand the concept of a saturated market and why you must expand now. Also, some critical questions you can ask. Some key concepts for expanding your reach during the authoring creation process and three things to consider as you market your book plus more. Our guest today is Susie Ayler. She is an international speaker and author of 10 books, including her most recent release, Come With Me Devotional, a year-long adventure in walking with Jesus. She's with Proverbs 31 Ministries, and you can learn more about her after the show at our website, tsuzanneayler.com. Welcome to you, Susie. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you back and I always love sharing the air with you and love what God is pouring through you too. I have this devotional book myself and am just enjoying it so much. Um, When you were writing it, what was one of your favorite parts? You know, when you're in in the midst of writing a book, you almost wonder if it's ever going to happen. My my favorite moment actually came when I saw it three months later, and I realized that that it was good because you don't know that mm-hmm. when you're writing it. You pray over it and you study and you research, um, but you pray that it comes out the way that you hope it does. And when I sat down and read it for the first time, and and it began to touch my own heart, I was I just wanted to dance. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, you have written, this is your 10th book, and you Mm -hmm. definitely um, came through kind of the fire in your own life before you became an author. Um, And one of the things that you wanted to share with us today was the way that authors limit their reach. And I was curious about this when you said you wanted to address that topic, if that had happened to you at first or if it's something that you just were able to avoid yourself. And so go ahead and talk to us about a way that authors often limit their reach. Well, this has come about in the last probably five years, Marnie. Uh, Our global reach is expanding, but at the same time, it's also narrowing. I have taught and mentored writers for 19 years, taught at writers' conferences, taught in different programs. And we have always taught this concept of, you know, look for that audience member, uh, target that audience member, know their felt needs, speak to them as if they're sitting across from you. And that is good advice and it hasn't gone away. But what has happened is digitally our reach has expanded. 
And what we're finding now is that many authors, they're talking to a, a person that has a saturated market. It's part of a saturated market. They're talking and working and providing content to those who have access to, say, 10 other Bible studies or 20 other devotions, or they have a stack of books sitting next to them, all that they love, and they're going to love yours too, but you're one of many. So this is kind of a new issue for authors, is how do we move beyond the saturated market? So dive into that a little bit more uh, into the concept of the saturated market. Sure. Well, I think about this. Um, I, my primary audience, what I would call my niche audience, is between the ages of 34 and 44, uh, even on up to 54. And everybody has a different kind of, of market that reaches for their products or their books. And when I go on, say, social media or Facebook or, or Instagram, any of the, the social media, what I can find is that one person that I have come to know uh, as a reader and as someone who is faithful in this community and blog community, that they're also involved in, say, 35 other groups. And so what you see is, is these very familiar people who know what they want um, and they are your target audience, but they're also somebody else's target audience, and they're also somebody else's target audience. And so our our challenge becomes, you know, this person is valuable, absolutely, but who are we missing? Who is beyond that saturated audience? Who is it that maybe doesn't have access to the same information as that person. Who's asking the same questions and they desire your message, but you're not reaching. And so it's easy for me to connect with and communicate and, and provide for that person that's sitting right in front of me, but who's not sitting in front of me that is looking for what I have to offer. How did you, how did you go about answering that question for yourself? Well, I want to tell a little story first, and this is kind of where I had my aha moment. Two years ago, I traveled to India with an international team that was working with women that didn't have access to the ability to learn how to read. And I was in, I was all over India. And I happened to be standing in a rag-picking slum in um, northern India, and the the home and I've traveled all over the world, Marnie. I know I know what poverty looks like, but this was different. This was a poverty that uh, isolated women from the ability to ever move beyond their circumstances. And yet, what I saw in this rag picking slum is I saw one cell phone for a community. And this literacy teacher had a cell phone, and he was standing underneath a tree holding his phone up so that it could get reception, and he had a, a group of women and children, boys and girls, crowded around him listening to a video about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing there, and I thought, have I ever considered this person? this community have I ever 
and, and it was just mm-hmm. a, this Holy Spirit beautiful moment where I got to see beyond a felt need or a niche audience to people who are on God's heart who desire the gospel and they were standing under a tree holding a phone and it made me think have I made my message the the message that God has placed on my heart of discipleship and following him and knowing him have I made it accessible so that it's easily seen or accessed in New Jersey or New Delhi you know, and so that was that was kind of my aha moment, and it be it, it forced me when I went home to look at almost everything that I did, considered ministry, whether that was speaking or writing, or creating content on my blog. Was I thinking outside the box? Was I considering those who were holding that phone looking? for something to teach them about Christ, had I made it easy for them? And if not, what was I going to do about that? Hmm. Yeah, we think about we think about the market we're in compared to all the markets that are available. And one of the things that you say is that we must expand now. Um, what were you thinking when you said that? Well, I was considering now has a couple of connotations there. And now is, uh, when you're thinking about that book idea, are you thinking globally? Are you thinking outside of what is right in front of you? Uh, Are you thinking about um, that person who doesn't look like you? Are you thinking about um, that person whose culture is different from you? So think about that as you begin to, um, even your book concept. And for some people, as they, you know, even hear me speaking, because we've taught this, narrow it, you know, think about your target audience, um, it, it may even panic a little bit thinking about that and say, well, that changed <laughs> who I am. Will that change the way I'm speaking? It absolutely won't. It just expands your vision for who might be reading it. And it expands how that, you know, as you're writing that book, you think one-to-one, as we always have, but one-to-one doesn't have to look like that person you've always always thought of one-to-one. You're still personal. You're still yourself. You're, they're still sitting across from the table from you, and you're sharing a, a cup of coffee or a cup of chai tea, but they may not look like the audience you've always had. When you began to look at your writing differently then and Uh you've always had this you know avatar in front of you this person in front of you who you you can describe and define right what did you change that to you know i i opened up the door for what maybe what i could not see on my own i began to pray about that lord let me see you know this topic let me see this topic the way that you see it. Let me see it set in this culture. Let me see, um, and I had to strip some things. It caused me to strip some things, which didn't, again, it didn't change who I was. It didn't change my personality or the story. Just changed the way I presented it. You know, you mentioned the Come With Me devotional. And if you'll notice, there's really no cultural connotation in it. 
It's straight up exegetical. It's straight up Jesus. And I did that on purpose for this project. Now, I write devotions for Proverbs 31 Ministries, and they start with story, and they have, you know, rich uh, story from my own life. But even there, even there, you know, that devotion goes out to a million people every day in countries across the world. And I have to ask myself, does this translate? You know, or does mm-hmm. it just appeal to the to my own community or those who are of my own culture? And so how can I, still being me, how can I maybe strip some of that cultural connotation to more tune into the heart of what we're talking about? So no matter who's sitting across from me, we can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jesus doesn't speak just one language. I, in one of my books, I asked the question, what language does God speak? Because it's funny, when you, when you ask an American that question, they, of course, say English, and then they stop and say, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we have this picture. <laughs> we have this picture of God being our God, and, of course, he is our God. But uh, I, I love your question, does this translate? I mean, that's just, right? that is just a... Great question to ask. In fact, we're going to take a real quick break. We're going to come back and talk about a few more critical questions to ask as well as key concepts for expanding your reach during the authoring process. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Women's ministry leaders across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. Women'sEvents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at Women'sEvents.info. That's www.Women'sEvents.info. Well, back this is Marty Swedberg. We're visiting today with T.C. Van Ayler. That is the website address also for her website. She's with Proverbs 31 Ministries, and she's here talking with us about how to reach beyond a saturated market. And, of course, all of, all of us, whether you're an author or a speaker or a business owner, we're all feeling just the same way. But today we're talking specifically for writers. And this, the audience is, you know, Suzanne, what I think of, of how many books are available. You know, you mentioned some very small numbers earlier, like if you had 10 uh, devotion books to choose from, but there's actually like hundreds or thousands. Oh, of so many, books. yes. <laughs> and, well, and I, yeah, just, Alex, I describe releasing yeah, a book, I, I describe releasing a book like releasing a goldfish into the ocean and hoping somebody will see it. <laughs> right, exactly. It's so true. There's just so much. And, um, I know, like you said, too, you said, you know, you were describing the person who has 10 or 15 books sitting beside them and they want to read them all and they're going to have to pick one today to read. You know, I mean, I still relate to this. Right. Uh, right. Personally, I mean, I, I have so many books I want to read and they're just all good. And how do you, you know, how do you think past that? You actually have come up with some questions that an author can ask as they're um, as they're starting to think of this broader uh, market, mm-hmm. this broader audience. So go ahead and share one right. of those with us now. Sure. And this, this is, these questions are questions we ask through the whole process. We, we ask them as we're writing the proposal. We ask them as we're creating the value or the benefit statements for this proposal or book. 
we ask them as we're writing it, at the top of every chapter, I will write some value or benefit statements that I want um, that reader to be able to take away. And I ask myself at the end of the chapter, did I fulfill that? You know, did I? And, and then also in the marketing process. But the first question is, who is seeking this book but doesn't know where to find it? And as, as you and I both, I get a book in the mail a day. And those are not books I solicit. I just, because I have a blog, because I have reviewed some books or I do videos, I get a book a mail in the day. I mean, a book in the mail a day. And I'm overwhelmed with books. And so we can tend to think that the whole world is like that. And it's just not true. And so who is seeking this book but doesn't know where to find it? Or who is seeking the message of this book? Brainstorm that. Brainstorm the answers to that question. If you're writing a book on marriage or if you're writing a book on, on corporate leadership or, or as I do, you know, uh, for years I wrote on healing and forgiveness and now I've moved into more women standing shoulder to shoulder and scooping up those women and, and um, following Jesus wherever he leads. Who is it right now that is asking for this very message but they don't have 20 books to reach from. And then the second question that we can ask is what barriers stand in the way of them receiving it? And there's a couple of different barriers. Barriers. Uh, one is cultural, and I uh, alluded to that just a moment ago. But there may be cultural bar- barriers that are keeping them from that. It may be that there's uh, financial barriers such as poverty or isolation or and then how can I get past that? Who, who is actively reaching out to those who are isolated and want that message? Who are actively engaging and, and ministering? And so what I did um, with this devotional is I reached out to a local prison. And I found out that there were ministries that would go in. And I said, what can I do? What barriers can I break down? How can I access uh, so that these books can go into this prison? And, and I honestly didn't know how this would all work out, Marnie, but it was one of the ideas. There were also pregnancy and refugee literacy programs and, and all kinds of ideas that I came up with. And so the warden um, and the chaplain returned my call and said, we would need 30 books for this ministry that reaches these women in this particular prison. And I said, okay, I'm going to figure that out. And I had people buying books, and I had a marketing budget, and yet I felt very compelled that this was an area where, where Jesus says, go into the highways and the byways. And um, if I could place a book in the hands of these women, why wouldn't I? And then they called back and said, you know, can you do 60? And I thought, oh, wow, (laughs) 60 is a lot. And then they called back and said, could you give one to every single woman in this prison? That's 115. And so I just got on my knees and started praying and said, well, this is is huge. I'm not sure how this is going to happen. But it happened. It happened. It came together. Last Monday, I got to go behind the doors of the prison and minister to the entire women's population. And 
I, you know, I, again, just comparison, I think about, you know, we send out books and launches. We send them to all the people we know and all the people we think will be influencers and endorsers. And sometimes they like them, sometimes they don't, sometimes they ignore them. But I watched as 115 women stood in front of me with these books in their hands and some were weeping and others were asking me questions about it. And one lady just said, you know, this is such a beautiful gift. Did you sign it? And and I thought, <laughs> you know, this is an unsaturated market. And if, mm-hmm. as a believer, I believe what I what I teach, this is a market that God cares very, very much about. So that's just one way that we can do that. Oh, I just love it. And I love how you were, you know, brainstorming and then God kind of lasered in, you know, just then, okay, how about that prison, that local prison? And that's what I see. Women, you know, when I've done the mission and vision training with gals, with leaders, it is amazing how specific God is in the hearts of women. Yes. And the hearts of all of his children. But we're talking here, especially to women in and you guys, you can just count on the fact that God has a specific work for you to do. He doesn't mean for you to do all the whole work in the whole universe. No. He just has specific no. work that he created you to do, and he is so looking forward to partnering with you in that work that he yes. created you to do. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, as I was going I through how, the background check, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. As I was going through the background check and the orientation and the, you know, trying to figure out where I was, how I was going to do these 115 books, you know, I, I just thought, Lord, you know, I had no idea when I was trying to think outside the box um, that this is where you would lead me. And yet, how amazing <laughs> that <laughs> you allowed me to partner with you in this just because we're reaching outside that saturated market. I just love it. What a what a beautiful story. I'm so glad you were able to share that with us right now. And, you know, you are going to talk to a little bit about um, the concepts for expanding your reach even while you're doing the authoring creation process. And I find yeah. I find that a lot of times um, a lot of times that God goes way above and beyond what I'm expecting even after I brainstorm with him and then he, he just pulls yes. stuff out of the hat later. That's like unbelievable. Uh, but yet that we do have this amazing partnership thing with him going on in the process, in the creation process, where yes. as we yield, as we pray, he can put specific ideas in our hearts as to directions and things like that. What were, what were you thinking about as key concepts during the creation process? Well, first of all, how can I tap into the need of those outside the saturated market? So again, stepping into the, the cultural or the financial or the, or the differences that might be there between what is your, your usual market as opposed to those outside of it. And I did that a couple of different ways. And, and one is I kind of just waved my hand and said, I don't want to live in a bubble. And, um, and we can especially as we share a message and we work from home and we travel and speak, I show up, I speak, they, they applaud, God works, that's awesome, and then I get on a plane and go home. And there's, there's a lack of accountability in that. It's, it's not intended to be, but I very rarely get feedback or, or criticism. I get a lot of applause. 
And so I begin to invite people, just wave my hand and say, hey, I don't want to live in this bubble. Would you do life for me, with me, um, on a couple of different levels? One is, will you do life with me in my home? So I opened up my home on Wednesday nights, and I've done this for four years. And we sit around and we eat, and this is a very diverse group, and we talk about the Lord, and we talk about life, and it is raw and messy and good, and it keeps me out of that bubble. And then secondly, digitally, and I can't even say that word. I, don't, I stumble on it every time, but is to open up the door and just say, you know what, I'm writing a manuscript, and I need 10 people from all walks of life, believer, not believer, uh, you know, looks like me, doesn't look like me, lives by me, doesn't live by me. And I would like you to step in with me as I write this. And I started doing this about five books back, and it changed my books, Marnie. It changed them so much because I wrote a book about forgiveness, The Unburdened Heart. And I had a woman who, when she she signed up to be in my focus group, she said, I, I want you to know, I really don't want to read your stinking book, uh, but <laughs> because I don't want to forgive, and I'm not even sure I believe in God, but I'll read it. I just, something's kind of compelling me to do that. Uh, and there were parts where I would get really kind of shallow because, see, we don't know what we know until we share it with someone who doesn't know it and they challenge us. And she would challenge me. I'm telling you, she challenged me right and left. And she'd say, oh, that sounds pretty. But what does it really mean? (laughs) (laughs) Or that sounds, yeah, that sounds awesome. But how do you do that? And I was about six chapters in when I got a, a message from this woman and, and who had become a friend over this time. And she said, you know what? Um, I think maybe I'm open to this. Like, I mm. think maybe this is starting to make sense. And that is a beautiful byproduct of that as well. But she was a blessing to me because she kept me from going shallow. Mm. Yeah, that's great. I, I know um, one of the times that, I've done that as well, and it just it does add so much depth to the writing to have other people give you feedback as you go. And one of the things yeah. that I got back from a couple people was um, that I could get kind of preachy, and it's like really because yes. I don't feel like that, you know. <laughs> but but when you see it through their perspective, when they say, you know, yes. just look at this, how you say this right here, it's kind of condescending. It's like, oh wow. I see what you're saying, but I didn't mean it like that, and I don't want it to be like that, you know. But if right. you say, if you're writing in a bubble, if you're writing in a it bubble, is. you are going to just fall into um, some some traps that you didn't even know were there, <laughs> things that you didn't right. know were doing, well, ways that you didn't realize you sounded like. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's a couple of other things to consider as you write and market your book. And one is, the first one was, how can I tap into the need of that? And that was one way. The other is how can I invite others to join in as, as we help spread this? And again, look outside your, your saturated market. Look globally. globally. Think globally. I can't even say it. Think globally. You know, our world is, is so big and yet so connected at this point. And so think about are there international ministries? Are there ministries in your own community that are ministering to a different audience that can, you know, you can band together 
as authors or as ministers? You know, how can we help each other spread the word? And I had many meetings over, I would have my smoothie and they'd have their coffee at a little coffee shop where I would meet someone that was perhaps uh, working with refugees who had settled in the U.S., and uh, we're trying to, to live in a world that felt very unfamiliar. And so I could tap into them and say, first of all, share with me your experience, share with me your heart. But secondly, how can I bring value to what you're doing with what I'm doing? And so to create those connections. And, and then the last thing is, and this is going to sound a little bit odd, but I think that we have to live our message before we write it. And so to ask yourself, you know, if I'm talk subject, how can I live this while I'm writing it so that when I'm sharing it, it is something that is so integral to who I am and what I'm doing that I can share it with that person sitting across from me, no matter where they're from, uh, saturated market, unsaturated market, just person to person, how can I share that? Mm, so great. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Susie Ayler of tsuzanneayler.com. We're going to come right back, talk a little bit more about the three things to consider as you market your book, and also some strategies to help you expand your worldview along with your audience. We'll be right back. ever need a guest speaker or maybe you're a speaker who's available to go check out womenspeakers.com the largest online directory of christian women speakers in the world since 2002 connecting thousands of planners with over 1300 speakers speakers are available to you from every state denomination experience level and fee range you simply search when you have time anytime day or night and connect directly with the speakers that interest you no middlemen no hidden fees it's all simple easy enjoyable and online check it out today at womenspeakers.com that's www.womenspeakers.com Welcome back. This is Marty, and we're happy to have you with us this afternoon as we're talking for author training about how to reach beyond a saturated market. Our guest today is Susie Ayler. She's with Proverbs 31 Ministries, as well as her own website is tsuzanneayler.com. Susie, let's go back and talk a little bit more about the three things to consider as you market your book. So number one was tap into the need. And... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that I've always said is, you know, you're you're going to you're going to do okay with a book if you fill an unmet need. If you can actually find a need that hasn't been sure. met and do a good job of addressing it, um, you're you have an audience because they need what you're offering. You know, you you go online. It's like okay, goldfish goes into the ocean. Was your analogy earlier? But the thing with Google and the search engines and Amazon and all that is that is that people search for a specific thing, and if yeah. yours is if yours is the thing that comes up, which is hard to do, but if yours is the thing that comes up, it, it will get found. And tapping into the need is the place to start, and that's what we find. You know, I think what's so beautiful is that when I go searching, that's how I search. I, I actually need to find out how to do blank, you know, or what God yeah. says about blank, you know, <laughs> and that's how I find sure. that's how I find the resources I purchased and I, I tap into. Sure. 
Well, and do a heart search. You know, Google search is good, but do a heart search. Go back to that moment where you first started. Uh, I loved it when I was in a classroom one time, and they had us sit down and make like a peanut butter jelly sandwich. But first they had us write out the instructions. And I had skipped like, you know, most of the important instructions because I, I so knew it. And yet when I followed my own instructions, it was a lousy peanut butter sandwich. And so if I go (laughs) back and I remember that moment where I first felt God calling me outside of my comfort zone, what did I face? What did I feel? Um, What fears did I have to overcome? Uh, what what were the the major obstacles? Maybe even in my own you know extended family, or or perhaps as I looked in the mirror at my own self, and I and I battled that. Go back and remember your original first need. Write those things down. If you have to go back to old journals or ask people who knew you at that point. I was on a radio interview not too long ago, Marnie, and. They introduced me, and the the person I knew them well who introduced me, and she said, you know, this is my my friend Susie Eller. She is a great friend, and I love her because she is so comfortable in her own skin. And it took my breath away. They opened the mic, and I could almost not speak because there was a time in my life when I was far from comfortable in my own skin, that if I was in Walmart and somebody was walking down the aisle and I thought that they were going to talk to me, I was so afraid that I would say something that was, I don't know, you know, not the right thing, that I would go down the dog food aisle. And and so <laughs> go back and remember that so that you can tap into your felt need at that point. And then again, there are wonderful tools that we can use as far as, you know, I have a ministry page on Facebook and I can ask really honest questions and just say, hey, will you share with me what you think about this, where you're at, what you're doing, what you wish you had known or what you wish you knew today? And that can create really great conversations that can help you a lot. Mm. Beautiful. I'm I'm uh, kind of just basking in the in the thought of going back to when God first called you. Um, I'm thinking mm-hmm. back to my own self the day that there were just three phrases in my mind, and I was just working around my house, and I couldn't get those phrases out of my mind. I finally grabbed a recipe card, wrote them down, stuck it in the inside of my cupboard door in the kitchen, and went on with my life. And later realized that it was God's mission and vision for me. And how yeah. I I remember being baffled by it at first, and then being excited by it, and then you know, and right. then actually and we forget it. it. Yeah, yeah, we, we forget, forget that. Yeah. And so, what can happen, Marnie, is that can translate to that person saying to us, "You know what? It sounds like you're talking at me, or it sounds like you're teaching me." Mm-hmm. And instead of and there's. There's nothing wrong. I'm a Bible teacher. I love being a Bible teacher. But I'm going to tell you how I'm going to approach that because it's how Jesus approached it is I'm not going to either – I'm going to sit down in the dirt with you. I'm going to to sit down in that hard place with you, and we're going to talk about, you know what, this is what it felt like, or this is – many people feel these things. And listen, these are some things that we can maybe do together. When you approach it from that, it's because you're going back 
to what you once didn't know so that you can now translate that in a way that somebody else can embrace and accept that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful heart search. And then um, let's talk a little bit more about inviting others to join us. Um, I, I use the word collaboration a lot and body life. Mm-hmm. I, Jesus loves body life. He may have us start a project on our own, but by the time he's done with it, it will most likely include many, many people. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and yeah. I have I have a behind-the-scenes support group. Again, when you grow up, and you've, you've interviewed me for some of my other books, and I was a girl who grew up in absolute dysfunction, didn't know Christ. When I did, it just it completely began to change the way I saw myself and who I could be. And so when you grow up like that, I was on my own at the age of 17, we don't ask others for help. We don't. We just put our head down and we just keep on working because that's what we've learned. And so when we invite others into that process, that's a bold move on our part. It's a courageous move. And the very first time I did it, I kind of, again, just waved my hand in the air and said, you know, this is kind of the mission that God has placed on my heart. And these are the messages that God is writing within me. And I'm trying to live and speak and teach and write would you consider coming alongside and doing life with me? And I expected, I don't know, one or two, maybe my mom, you know, maybe my sister (laughs) to say yes. And I had 57 people in less than five minutes that said yes. Mm -hmm. And that ended up, this has been, I don't know how this group is, and I would say six years uh, total. For six years, I've had 250 women strong. We have a retreat every year. They come. We we minister and and pray together. Uh, Who knew? You know, who knew? So sometimes the first thing there is just being willing to ask for for others to come alongside you. And it's give and take. You know, I've been on launch teams where it felt like it was take, 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 and then see you later. And honestly, and I'm just being super honest with you, that feels real offensive to me. Uh, Not to me, but offensive to those who join in and give their time. But I feel like Jesus started with 12 people and somehow (laughs) he completely changed the world. And so if I can open my heart to consider having people around me and give and take and learn and grow together, we can do a lot together. Mm. It takes a lot of courage to ask for help. It does. It does. And sometimes it, we feel like it's easier to do it on our own. Like it can be a control thing, you know. But again, we don't want to live in that bubble. We're not trying to live in imperfection. I mean, in perfection. We're trying to live in in relation. We're trying to live in community and and that goes back to this global perspective and seeing beyond that saturated market. The more that we open those doors with wisdom uh, and the more that we have the ability to reach beyond what is right in front of us. Yeah. And your last one there on the three was to live your message before writing it. And I always, um, always use the analogy of make sure that the wounds are scarred over before you um, before yes. you start exposing. Yes. <laughs> you yeah, I, I, <laughs> I always say this, you know, a couple of things. Number one, is this a blog post or is this a book? Because 
you're going to be talking yeah. about it for 10 years. So really consider right. that before you, you take that huge yeah. step. Or is this an article or is this a book? But, you know, secondly, uh, I, I'm on book 10 now. I've written probably a thousand articles. I don't know how many blog posts are out there, but it's, it's okay to take time in this process as, as you're writing, as you're, as you're creating and, and just say, you know, let me live this first. Let me love this first. Uh, Let me embrace it and, and be passionate about it. And we're so tempted because, you know, you get a book out there and it, it does okay or it does well, and then they offer you another contract, and that's a good, good thing. But it's okay to take time to make sure it's the right project, that it's the right message. And there's probably one or two of my early books that they're now out of print, so they're in book heaven, and I'm not sad about it because, <laughs> you know, I was new and I didn't know. And, and they were okay. They were okay, and they reached some people, but it's not something I would still be proud to talk about or want to talk about because I'm not sure that I'd lived it yet. Mm. I think another point I'd like to just bring up here, too, under this Live Your Message before writing it is to be very cognizant that when you include other people in your story, um, that can be that can be a trap um, a trap that, that authors fall into. Susie, I like, uh, I like your story of, of how you went about that because of your dysfunctional background. Can you just briefly tell mm-hmm. our listeners that story? Sure. Well, in some of my earlier books, I uh, invited my, my mom to join me in the process. And we were in stages of healing and, um, I had to make sure that this was a book that wasn't going to reach the world but destroy my mom. And so she and I um, sat together, and and it was painful. There were times that it was painful that we prayed together, that we wept together. Eventually, in one of the first books called The Mom I Want to Be, Rising Above My Past to Give My Children a Greater Future, uh, invited my mom to share bits and pieces of her story. Now, I know that's not always available. But just to consider the fact as you write these books, not only the impact that is going to be on your readers, but how to share this in a way that um, you mix grace and truth together. You have mercy in there. Be truthful. Be grace-filled. Share your story. But as you said earlier, you, you determine Am I writing out of a place of healing or am I writing out of a place of pain? If it's out of pain, uh, write in your journal. If it's out of a place of healing, <laughs> right. it's time for a book. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and I think even um, I think even you know the relationship you have with your adult children, um, with yeah. other people that are affected by what you write, you know, it is so critically important to step back. And to, I love how you phrase that. You know, is this going to be a book that may have impact millions, but um, lose my relationship with my mom or her? And right. I, it's just right. so important. You know, what would Jesus do? <laughs> what would Jesus right. do? Right. Well, so, and, and you know, while I was writing this last book, my daughter was going through breast cancer. And so I share that story. Well, while I was writing the book that's coming out in May, uh, The Spirit Led Heart, 
I, I shared a story about my daughter and, and me finding out that she had breast cancer. And uh, I, she and I sat down and, and looked at that story to make sure, number one, that it was factual because often the story has other angles that you can't see. It's that bubble again. And to make sure that this was a story as I shared it, that she would be happy for me to share. Yeah, I think it's just so important. And a lot of times in our in our rush to tell a good story or um, I think the other thing is sometimes we feel like we own the story because we, we lived through it. But when it affects other people, you have to have to step back yeah. and take to make sure, make sure that that your publication of it. And sometimes, you know, I know some. Um, there's uh, one section of my family that they're like, no, don't ever include us in in any public post. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. God it can is. communicate just perfectly fine with us right. being within the boundaries of someone else's choosing. So, um, right, God has because given us you're not well. you're not trying to write about that person. This is not punitive writing. You're trying to write about the goodness of God. And so what you're doing is you're finding that same shared feeling, you know, because honestly, if you're writing, say, about forgiveness, they don't necessarily care that it was your brother's sister's father, you know, it's or, or whatever. What they care about is the fact that it was a struggle to forgive and you want to know how. So so you focus in on what the real felt need is there. Absolutely. It goes for the good side, too. Um, I know before I include stories in my books or in my writing or in my speaking, I do ask the people the story is about, if I, if I may do it. I remember one time checking with um, a gal named Jenny who had led to Christ, and I wanted to share her story in a global tent mm-hmm. summit. And I, I contacted her, and I said, I'm just curious if you would mind if I would share your testimony at this um, at this event, and she goes, "Oh my goodness! I hear I thought that you would have already been doing it because it's your testimony too." <laughs> and mm, that was that's a gracious a good point. response. And a lot of times you'll get that response, but other times, even when it's a good story, the other person really just isn't at a point where they're ready to release it. And so, uh, mm-hmm. it's just so important that we that we really honor others and honor Christ by honoring them, and to be careful about what we say publicly about another person. We're going to take one last little break here, come back, talk about some strategies to help you expand your worldview along with your audience, as well as some new ideas for using social media in your outreach efforts. We'll be right back. Are you ready to experience your best life possible and share biblical success principles with others? Register for the SPI Coach Certification Program today. SPI, or S-P-I, stands for Success Principles Intensive. It's a six-hour online program that equips you to fully comprehend and train biblical success principles. You can check it out today over at Marnie.com. It's available as part of the mentorship program, or you can buy it as a standalone certification program. Learn more now at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and as always, it's just a delight to be sharing this hour with you live on Wednesday afternoon, and of course, all over the internet later. And to those of you who listen to the archive, thank you so much for visiting today with our guest, Susie Ayler of 
tsuzannealey.com, and we're talking about reaching beyond a saturated market. We're going to talk now a few minutes about some strategies to help you expand your worldview along with your audience. So maybe, Susie, start with what is a worldview, and then go ahead and tell us how to expand it. (laughs) Well, a worldview is simply how you see the world, and that can be the world of publishing, the world of marketing, that can be the world of of writing. so we shift our worldview as we begin to expand it. We shift it. Our goal isn't to lure people away from another author. That's not our goal. So let's shift that. Let's stop the comparison. Let's stop trying to mimic what everybody else is doing and find what works for you. Find what works for not only that audience right in front of you, but in all of these other techniques we talked about, about brainstorming, about meeting with, about expanding. Find what works for those outside of that saturated market. And so when I start writing a book, I'm not thinking to myself, you know, Anne Voskamp meets people this way, or, you know, Jenny Allen meets people this way, or Marnie meets people this way. I'm asking very uniquely, Lord, uh, what do you have for me? Wh- who are those that you want me to reach? And, and there will be crossover in that CBA market. There will. But what's beyond that? You know, what do you have for me? So that's the very first thing is completely shift your goal um, from, from trying to do the same or trying to lure people away from somebody else so they'll buy your book rather than somebody else's. And that's, that's really huge. And then the next strategy is to begin to look at ways to reach um, people, maybe even on social media. And I know this is our, our next question as well, this, you know, using social media. But when I begin to look at uh my two strengths are Facebook uh, live. Well, three strengths is Facebook, using live broadcast, and my blog. I have a really healthy, healthy blog audience that is consistent, and they come all the time. They come consistently, and so I, as I begin to think about how to reach beyond that, uh, when I would post something, say a live broadcast. I would go in then and boost that just with a small amount of money, but then I would target specific words and specific places uh, where it would go outside of that Proverbs audience or go outside of that usual audience. So it would include the saturated market, but would also make sure that I included others in that. So that's a couple of things that I begin to do. Cool. So um, for the social media, okay, so I think we jumped ahead here to the social media in the outreach effort. Yeah, so you would do a live broadcast on Mm -hmm. using Facebook Live. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, after it's not live anymore, you would boost, you would pay for a little bit of marketing to boost it to, to a broader audience. Right, but then and I would, but I would and, go in and I would target it. I would make sure that I changed the settings so that it didn't just go to the people that were on my page. And did you keep your Does same that make age sense? group? Yeah, like I did. I there's a there's the same yep. age group that I had. Like I'm not trying to reach teenagers, and so right. and then. 
So I would stay in the same age group. I would stay with women because primarily my audience is women. Right. So I would do that. But then I might go in and I might pick up another country or maybe two or three countries in there to target it. And it's free to go in and change those settings. I mean, that's just part of setting up the boost. But then I would also go in and I would find keywords. And I would try to go for that felt need, no matter who you are, no matter where you're at, uh, is discipleship a, a desire in your heart, is stronger faith a desire of your heart, is intimacy with Christ. I mean, I would find, and as you put in those keywords, you kind of find which work and which don't. And then I would send out that boost, and it might be $5 or $7.50. But it immediately, that's a small thing that expanded the boost beyond my saturated market. That's cool. I, I, like, um, I like what you've shared with us today in that you haven't said, you know, go spend $10,000 or go, Mm-mm. you know, hire a marketing firm or, you know, it, it, everything that you've said is just to listen to Christ speaking through, to you through your heart and to do whatever he puts in your heart. So, like, you had this heart to um, offer some books to a prison ministry. Well, God just took that mm-hmm. and just expanded that way up, you know. From 30 yeah. to 115 yeah. is way up. <laughs> and, it is. You know, and then not, is. Only, not only did you get to give the books, you get to go, you ended up going, you know, and actually being able to share with them yourself, which was so cool. Here, you know, you're talking 5 or $7, you know, to, again, reach a whole other country. Obviously, right. you're not reaching the whole country. But at the same time, you are actually expanding your ministry beyond what you used to do. And that's what I'm really loving right. here. Because you mm-hmm. don't have to think, I have to conquer the whole world to begin this. Not really. You just have to be open to one fresh idea that will expand your worldview. I love it. Just love it. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Diversify. Diversify your marketing techniques. Don't do the same old, same old. I, again, I have taught this for years. I, I continue to mentor writers. But what I say to them is, you know, what worked for somebody else, great. Learn from that. Glean from that. It may be one or two ideas there that work really well for you. But first of all, you know, go beyond your sweet spot because a sweet spot is just a spot. It's really small. And go beyond that and begin to look for other ways to connect, to communicate, to create content. And uh, for me, there. That's how I found out that when I would do a simple uh, Facebook Live broadcast and, and it's from my home and I've prepared for it and it's casual and it's maybe four minutes long, that one Facebook Live video can actually reach up to 20,000 people in the course of two or three days. And if you put 20,000 people in a room with real names yeah. and real faces and real needs... That's that's yeah. amazing that you can do that. And so why wouldn't I boost that with a $5 once a month or once every two weeks or so and to try to find that? So find what works for you, what works for that audience that is building, and and be consistent with that. I just love it. Well, this hour has flown by as it always does with you, and I'm just so grateful for all these that you've shared for with us, but also just grateful for your life, Susie, for your willingness to um, continue to be a flow-through vessel for God, to let his life and love flow through 
your heart. You guys, I want to encourage you to go over and visit her website at tsuzanneayler.com. Susie, if they go over there, what are they going to find? You know, I have a lot of things. Some of these are you're, you're going to see from my visit to India that what I changed. There's, um, I have studies on there, 21 day studies that you can that you can access with no problem whatsoever. I have videos that go with the book Come With Me that are three to five minute professional videos that you can download for free and share with a person across a coffee table. Uh, or you can share uh, internationally. Um, there is. Uh, it's a really strong community, and I look forward to seeing anybody who comes. Oh, that's great. Well, we love you. Thank you so much for what uh, what you're doing, for who you are in Christ, and that you're willing thank to share you. it with the world. Thank you, Susie. God bless you. And thank you guys for being here. Uh, it's so fun to have you with us every Wednesday afternoon live at Blog Talk Radio. And again, um, you know, it's always fun when we see that we're number one uh, during showtime here at Blog Talk, and that's because you come. Thank you so much for that. And for those of you who listen web-wise, Love having you with us also as you listen to the archives and it's just our little chance to hang out every week. Thank you for that. If you know someone who you'd like to hear on the show, be sure to send that. We're looking ahead right now to booking guests out in the future for next year and we are interested in who you'd like to have us interview as well as if you um, know of someone who has written a Bible study book within the last year, a Bible study book for women. We would love to hear about that for Bible Study Expo. We're busy, busy preparing for the next year. Also, womenspeakers.com is coming up on the busiest season of the year. And so if you are a planner looking for a speaker for next year, be sure to check out womenspeakers.com. And if you are a speaker, you want to go over and check that out as well. Thanks so much for being here. You have a wonderful afternoon, and we'll see you next time on Marty's Friends. Bye-bye. There is a huge difference between working for God and allowing God to work through us. My latest book, Flow Through Vessel, explains how to master the habit of letting God flow through our lives. When we try to do everything good for God, we quickly fail. But when we learn how to allow God to flow His life and love through us, we find strength for the day. Check out this new Bible study resource at www.marnie.com. That's www.marnie.com. a few moments right after the show and help me out. I am curious who we're missing. So for example, do you know of any speaker who is missing from womenspeakers.com? Do you know of a guest expert who you'd love to hear me interview on Marnie's Friends? Or maybe you know of a major Christian women's event group that is not yet represented over at womensevents.info. Would you just take a moment after the show, swing over to Marnie.com and use the support link at the bottom of any page to recommend her to us. That would be awesome. I thank you for partnering with me in ministry, and God bless your day.